Welcome to MCC from the Capitol, a podcast by the Missouri Catholic Conference. In this episode, biodiesel in the effort to increase renewable energy. I think many times we forget about how in our efforts to clean up the environment, we're also having a very positive impact on human health. We invite you to listen along as we chat with experts about public policy issues from a Catholic perspective. We hope you enjoyed this episode from MCC from the Capitol. Welcome to the Missouri Catholic Conference from the Capitol podcast, where we take a deeper look at the social and political issues facing Missouri and the Catholic Church and how those issues will impact public policy. I'm Heather Buchter, the Communications Director for the MCC. Pope Francis, along with the U.S. Conference of Catholic Bishops, have recognized climate change as a moral issue that needs to be addressed in order to protect Earth and everyone on it. Wildfires, flooding, droughts, and food shortages are all consequences of greenhouse gas emissions. The average temperature of Earth is now roughly 2 degrees Fahrenheit hotter than pre-industrial averages. That's according to scientists from NASA, Berkeley Earth, and NOAA, which is the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration. In a 2015 papal encyclical on environmental protection titled Laudate Si, Our Care for the Common Home, Pope Francis wrote as referenced in number 26, there is an urgent need to develop policies so that in the next few years, the emission of carbon dioxide and other highly polluting gases can be drastically reduced, substituting for fossil fuels and developing sources of renewable energy. And as recent as July 2022, on the World Day of Prayer for the Care of Creation, Pope Francis urged world leaders to act on extreme weather, saying rich countries have an ecological debt because they caused the most pollution. The Inflation Reduction Act was recently signed into law. That bill includes about $370 billion for climate change and clean energy production, which is expected to transform how Americans get their energy. Joining us is Donnell Rehagen, the CEO of Clean Fuels Alliance America, which is headquartered in Jefferson City, Missouri. Clean Fuels Alliance America, formerly known as National Biodiesel Board, has been an advocate for biodiesel for decades and continues to advance clean fuels to help decarbonize our country. Welcome, Donnell, and thank you for joining us. Good morning, Heather. Thank you. So let's dive a little bit deeper into the actual business. What does Clean Fuels Alliance America do? Yeah, we are a national trade association, but we are headquartered here in Jefferson City, Missouri, so a little bit odd. But we represent over 120 companies and organizations around the country uh, that seek to see more use of the fuels that we represent, biodiesel, renewable diesel, and sustainable aviation fuel. And those are fuels uh, primarily generated by agricultural products. Mm -hmm. So we have a, a great following and support from the agricultural community as well. The headquarters here in Jefferson City, you all are actually located right across the street from us. I'm looking at your building right now. We saw the governor come over a couple of weeks ago to do a grand opening 
so to speak, for your new building, which I heard that you all renovated instead of building a new one. So why'd you do that? Yeah, we did. Actually, you know, we moved in here about uh, 12 years ago. So the building's not new. We actually purchased it from the Jefferson City Diocese when they vacated that building. And so our goal was because we're a renewable fuel, we wanted to renew and use renewable resources. So we wanted to renew a building. Mm-hmm. So we bought an existing building that had some age to it and uh, and put some resources into it and turned it into really a top-notch uh, facility. And like I mentioned, Governor Parson was there for that ceremony. The governor said biodiesel adds value to our farm products, supports jobs, and contributes nearly $1.3 billion to Missouri's economy. So explain the role that agriculture plays in renewable energy and providing these renewable energy resources. Yeah, for us, the the fuels that I mentioned, biodiesel, renewable diesel, and sustainable aviation fuel are made from agricultural byproducts, typically. So uh, the largest of those is, is soybean oil which is a byproduct of soybean production. You produce soybean for the meal, it goes into animal feed and products like that, the protein side. But then you have this oil byproduct. And so that's really how we were formed was to try to find a higher value demand for the soybean oil. But we also use uh, animal uh, fats. So basically I like to say the, the parts of the animal that don't show up on our plates uh, that can be used for biodiesel, renewable diesel production as well. And then also use cooking oil. It's collected from restaurants, so it doesn't end up going down a sewer or into a, a landfill somewhere. And then also a distiller's corn oil, which is a byproduct of ethanol production. So those are the four, what we call feedstocks that can make our products. So you can see that deep tie to agriculture and just renewable products in general. And we know that generating renewable energy also generates more jobs, which is always a good thing. Talk about that potential for Missouri. I know it's already playing a role, but there's potential for more. Yeah, huge. And not just for the farmers, all the farmers in the state that benefit from our industry, but also uh, Missouri is the second largest producer of biodiesel in the country. There's uh, eight or 10 biodiesel plants sprinkled around Missouri. And so they can, they employ people. The neat thing about these plants, not just in Missouri, but around the country is the vast majority of them are in rural areas where the the, really the need is there for jobs like this that pay well and uh, really help to prop up a local community. By the way, according to the governor, Missouri's number one economic driver, agriculture, Missouri's second in the nation, as you mentioned, for biodiesel production, which is driven by our recognition as the top sixth state for soybean production. And you mentioned all the farmland in Missouri, too. 95,000 farms covering two-thirds of the state's total land acreage. So that's about 27.8 million acres of farmland. So Missouri's just primed for producing this renewable energy. And plus, we're located right in the middle of the country as yeah. well. Exactly. And, you know, not just the renewable energy. We're, we're certainly happy and excited about that. But Missouri farmers play a huge role in feeding the world. When you think about being sixth in production of this and fifth in production of those food products or animal products. And so a lot for Missouri farmers, a lot of weight on their shoulders to carry to help feed, like, again, not just Missouri, not just the United States, but literally feeding the world. Mm-hmm, absolutely. So, you know, when we talk about renewable energy, you know, a lot of people might think windmills or, you know, solar power and, and things of that nature as well. A lot of it may come from, oh, these these all involve big corporations, basically. But what do we do in our homes that makes a difference and does it make a difference to actually make an impact? Yeah. So, you know, when you think about our fuels, we're, we're generally going to be found more in the transportation sector. 
Um, and so that's really where we can provide the greatest benefit to uh, you know, a cleaner climate. When you look at how goods are moved across this country. So biodiesel, renewable diesel are going to be used in diesel applications. So, you know, typically uh, construction, typically uh, agriculture, of course, but diesel is how all of our goods get moved. Whether it's by train, by vessel, you know, on the rivers, on, on the oceans. Um, or whether it's the big trucks going up and down the interstates. So we're able to bring a much cleaner product to those applications. And that's that, if you think about it, it's a huge amount of transportation of goods move that way. Let's get a little more into that. So Clean Fuels recently released results of a study on air quality benefits of biodiesel. What were the findings of how it impacts our health? Yeah, there's so much of a focus now on the climate. You know, we all all want to do what we can to help with the climate, but we also forget to think about what impact uh, these these petroleum fuels are having on human health. And so we did undertake a study with the help of Trinity Consultant, which is a global company that does a lot of uh, study in this in this type of area as far as air quality and the impacts it has on human health. And so we looked at, right now we've looked at almost 30 different locations around the country. And we really hone in on areas that have a deep connection to transportation hubs, maybe rail yards or ports uh, where there's a lot of in and out activity of vehicles and equipment. And so what we found is uh, using biodiesel in those applications instead of the petroleum diesel that they were previously using would have a massive impact on human health. When you look at things like incidence of cancer, we have the ability to reduce incidence of cancer. We have the ability to significantly uh, decrease asthma cases and asthma attacks, uh, which result in lost work days. I think many times we forget about how in our efforts to clean up the environment, we're also having a very positive impact on human health. I know that was phase two of this study. Is there a phase three as well? There is. There's a phase three. We looked at uh, about 15 uh, sites in phase one, about 13, um, you know, in, in our second phase. And then uh, we're looking at some different ones now. And again, it's not just in transportation. In the Northeast, you find homes many times being heated by heating oil, which is a petroleum product. Our biodiesel product can replace that. So we looked at what's the impact uh, from an emissions perspective there on human health for home heating. So not just rail and marine and on-road transportation, but even in human health. And so we did look specifically at St. Louis. So as a Missouri example, you know, our study showed there that the cancer risk from uh, diesel transportation, you know, affected its most by particulate matter, the emission that just goes into the air and you and I breathe it as we walk down the sidewalk or, or head into school or head into work in the morning. And so the study showed in St. Louis using B100 biodiesel instead of petroleum diesel would have a 65% uh, lower cancer burden. Uh, that's wow. four, 409 fewer cases that we would expect to see by that conversion. Um, 263 avoided premature deaths. Um, over 8,000 reduced asthma cases. So you can see it's a huge impact and it's very simple to, sim to start using biodiesel instead of diesel fuel. So it's not, a, it's not a big lift necessarily. And so when you take that St. Louis example and you extrapolate it to many other cities and municipalities around the country, it can have a huge, huge impact on human health. And like you said, it's not a big lift, 
but why do you think it's such a big ask? Yeah, well, it's I think it's a big ask because, first of all, a lot of folks don't really have a relationship with a diesel engine. Um, you know, we, most of us drive gasoline cars or have for all of our lives. And so unless you have a, a larger duty application, a larger pickup truck um, or something like that, you, you just don't really even understand the impact that that you're having. And so so that's one thing. And then it's just change, you know, for people. It's uh, everybody's gotten comfortable in the last hundred years of pulling up to a gasoline pump and just pumping the fuel that they offer into your tank and moving on down the road we're now beginning to start thinking about what impact that's having. And that's why fuels like ours become so important if we're really, really going to try to change what we're doing to the climate and what we're doing to human health. And that's something that won't happen overnight. Do you have a goal in mind of when you would like to see these changes take place? Yeah, we've, we've been at this for 30 years uh, here in the United States. We're uh, finally up to over 3 billion gallons of our fuels are making their way into the marketplace. We have a goal by 2030 to double that to 6 billion gallons. Um, I'm very confident we're going to get there probably a few years before 2030. The demand is definitely there. You know, we're seeing this increased focus on decarbonization. A lot of that's being driven by federal and state policy, but increasingly more of it is being driven by corporate policy. Uh, corporations that are you know, have sustainability goals, have carbon reduction goals. If you think about a, an Amazon or a Costco or a Walmart, all the goods that make their way into their stores or onto our front porches have to come through some sort of a diesel application. And so for them to see these significant reductions in their carbon footprint as a corporation, they're really going to have to look at transportation. There's really not another way to probably get there. So we're we're seeing a lot more emphasis and focus on our fuels uh, from a corporation level as well. And if you think about it, that really has only taken off in the past five to 10 years. I'm amplified by the pandemic as well, because everyone was staying home. You get things delivered to you and then people just found it more convenient. Yeah. So that that has definitely risen. It, it has. It has. And like I said, I also I think just the pressure on corporations from consumers who want to see something different. Uh, they want to feel good about what they're doing. They want to feel good about the goods they're buying. So they are putting pressure back on corporations to do more, to, to, to lead in this effort. And so those big corporate goals of, of carbon reduction are going to be huge drivers uh, going forward. And th those corporations touch every corner of every state in this whole country. So it's not like a policy in the state of Missouri affects Missouri, these corporate policies are going to literally affect the whole entire United States and, and some other parts of the world as well. And let's talk about some of the state policies we have. Governor Mike Parson called a special session recently to get legislation passed to help farmers. Will the extension of rural tax credits impact biodiesel efforts? It will. There's, uh, there is actually an element of that agricultural bill that does impact biodiesel and the, the use of biodiesel here in the state of Missouri. And so Missouri has not had an incentive like that historically. And so this will definitely propel the use of biodiesel in the state of Missouri, creating greater demand for those plants that we spoke about earlier. And we also mentioned the Inflation Reduction Act, pretty much the biggest amount of money, a big chunk of change going to climate change and renewable energy as well. How will that impact the biodiesel industry? Well, one of the uh, the largest impactors in that bill for us is an extension of a biodiesel tax credit that's been on the uh, federal register for a number of years. And that program uh, 
incentivizes the production of biodiesel across the United States. And so that credit creates a little more certainty for our, our biodiesel producers around the country. They see the support the federal government is, is extending. I always like to look at it from the context of uh, the signals that the government is sending. They're sending positive signals. We want more of your product by supporting these kind of incentive programs. And so that's one of the biggest factors, but there's also a large investment um, in this Reduction Act in infrastructure. So the infrastructure needed to store and blend and distribute biofuels. So that would be our fuels as well as ethanol. And so uh, again, strong signals from the federal government that they wanna see more cleaner fuels, more widely available all the way across the United States. We should also mention you are a Catholic. How has your faith impacted your work? Well, I, I think, you know, I, I try to be and I think I am a grateful person. You know, I'm, I'm always grateful for the life that God's given me and, and the family that I have and just the gifts that he continues to shower. And so I think anybody that is grateful needs to be respectful and, and do the things that can be done for other people. In this case, I feel really great about the job that I have and the impact that we're having. We talked a little bit earlier about the human health impacts. I'm not sure there's a whole lot of... Uh, of people that get to go to a job in the morning and feel this good about what they're doing, not just for farmers who are, you know, you're affecting their livelihoods, but, uh, you know, kind of across the board. So I think what we do in renewable fuels really sits well with the Catholic faith and, and our call to be uh, great stewards of the gifts that God's given to us. Very good. Is there anything else that you just want to add about the future of Clean Fuels Alliance America? Yeah, we, we love being here in Missouri. You know, we're in the in the breadbasket, of course, in the heart of the agricultural belt. And uh, the support that we've gotten over the years from lots of different industries has been critical for, for us to, to be doing what we're doing. And so we're going to continue to do that, represent Missouri well and, and, uh, and do great things, I think, for, uh, for the whole world. Donnell Rehagen, the CEO of Clean Fuels Alliance America. Thanks so much for joining us. Thank you, Heather. We hope you enjoyed listening to this episode from MCC from the Capitol. To hear more from the Missouri Catholic Conference, visit our website at mocatholic.org. That's mocatholic.org. And if you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe, rate, and leave a review on Apple Podcasts or your favorite listening app.